Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Grown, the podcast for all things adulting. It's your host, Dara Daniels. So, this is an exclusive interview with one of the presidential candidates of the Law Student Society at Afebabala University. You can call me the, for, the forerunner. The forerunner, you can really? Call me the forerunner, yes. Okay. I will not be calling you that. Okay. You can call yourself that. All right. Um, just briefly introduce yourself to us. All right. My name is Okaga Ojugo, or yeah. Okaga Broderick, as I'm known for the campaign, and I'm running for the position of president of the Law Student Society. Okay. Before we begin, can you give us a brief overview of your qualifications and experience? Okay. I'll take it in two ways. Qualifications, okay. experience and then qualifications. For experience, in my 100 level, I won't start with secondary school because that really didn't matter. In my 100 level, I began the year as the class rep, the course representative, and I held that position for all of two years until I was forced to resign due to external factors. Do you mind? I was I was not cooed. <laughs> there was a, there was a death in the family, and I had to ah. take a step. I had to take some time to myself to breathe and everything. So there's that, and after that, I during that I held position of the hundred level liaison for just Gentium Chambers, okay. and the same position in my two hundred levels. So I was a two hundred level liaison. Well, I was more two hundred level liaison and hundred level coordinator at the same time. What the, exactly were you required to do in that position? Basically to represent the chamber within my level and to ensure that my classmates were active and interested in the chamber activities and okay. also make sure that the chamber itself was still carrying my classmates along. Did you think that to the best of your capacity you were able to achieve that? Yes. Do you think that your classmates would agree with you on that? Yes. Okay. They will agree that their interests are represented well at the chamber level. Okay, for the purpose of this interview, we'll actually be questioning a few of them later on. Okay. But, yeah. All right. Um, in your opinion, what qualities make a good leader? Oh, I thought I was doing experience first. I'm not oh, you're experience. not done. That's true. Oh, no, right. there's a long list. Then I was the head of research for just Gentem Chambers at 300 level. And then 400 level, the head of litigation. And also in 400 level, I was, or I am, the student administrator of the Abad Law Clinic. And... I also, uh, I won't say briefly, held the position of head intern when I did my internship. It was more unofficial and not really, you know. Then I think that should be all that is relevant here. Okay. And then, well, editor-in-chief for the Abad Law Undergraduate Law Journal. And we are on pace to release the first, the maiden edition of the LSS Journal, the first one ever. There have been since the beginning of the LSS, that's over seven, eight years ago, there have been editors-in-chiefs, or editor-in-chiefs, editors-in-chief. And since then, not a single one of them has been on pace to release the journals we have. We are ready to release. It can go to print. It can be posted online anytime. All right. So referring back to my earlier question before I jump to the gun, your opinion, what qualities make a good leader? The ability to listen. I think that's the most important quality because the ability to listen determines the direction the leader heads in mm-hmm. and also how they head in that direction. Because a leader who cannot listen just 
goes off on his own, achieving his own dreams. But that, that might not necessarily be what the people want. And that's not good leadership. Good leadership is achieving the dreams of the populace. So you need to be able to listen to understand those dreams. Not just hear, but to listen. That's very important for any leader. Would you say that you listen? Yes, I'm a very good listener. But aside listening, you know, there's a difference between actually listening to what someone wants or needs and then acting on it. So I feel personally, you know, not to shade or anything. You can listen, but, you know, what do you do after listening? Because I think that that is what matters. And I think a lot of people would agree with me on that. So in what instances, if you can give any, do you, would you say that you have listened either directly or just as an observer and actually acted on it? Okay, I can give multiple instances. Well, first of all, I believe you should be able to relate to this. There was an instance where there became the issue in our class about whether we should have a test or not. Okay. It was a few days before we were going home. I think you remember. And then the question was, who is going to write the test? It was Rivera for criminal law. Okay. Who is going to write the test? Who is interested in writing the test? A lot of people were saying, no, I'm not interested. A lot of people said, no, I'm interested. Me, I was actually not interested in writing the test. But then I said, okay, if I just go to work and tell her, we're not interested, I should say, okay, we're not interested. But instead, I was like, okay, let me actually get the opinion of the class. So we held a poll. And at the end of the day, after the poll was held, um, I think at the end of the day, the poll said we're not interested. Right. Yes. But then Ms. Rao also said because of the margin of error, because of the quality, the difference between the votes, she was willing to actually hold the test for those who were willing to write the test. So I think that's an important example of how listening matters. Because if one person had just gone and done what one person wanted to do, then it wouldn't have really mattered much, would it? Okay. Can you unpack your character and describe how it plays into conflict resolution? I'm not done with that question, by the way. Um, so when I sat down and came up with this question, the thought that came to my head was that this is a very powerful race. You're going up against um, people who some others, many others actually would consider to be very worthy of this position as you are because of you know the positions they've held in the past and you know what people can see that they are capable of doing in fact one of them is presently you know the vice president of the lss and you know we can see a little bit of things that are being done but there are also a bit of undertones of you know the streets speak they talk as people say it and we hear a lot of underground conflict you know going on and obviously that's expected it's politics everyone has different strategies and sometimes that might clash would you say that there have been situations that you know you've come in contact with with either of these people or just with anyone in general and you know say how your character plays into those situations and how you handle conflict okay generally generally i'm usually conflict avoidant if i can help it if the conflict is not something that is going to dramatically influence my life or life of someone else, generally I will avoid the conflict. So I, I am sometimes willing to actually step back on some issues, but not issues that are vital importance to everyone. That's what we should never forget. I am willing to fight. I am a, I am a believer in true violence. If it's violence, we can do violence. I am, I am a believer in. I am ready for violence. So. That's a core aspect of my personality. If you will notice, my conflict with Ishola is very well known. So, <laughs> continuing on, continuing with that. 
conflict. Okay, I can give an example of a conflict I actually had with the candidate that is presently the vice president. Okay. I can give an example of two conflicts. Okay, at the end of the semester last year, or this year actually, at the end of the first semester, he held a final tutorial. That was the quote-unquote aesthetic tutorial outside. Okay. And at the end, he was he said openly to people hearing that he is done with it for the year. All right. For the semester. Now, after this, is just a regular sense. No longer advice. Like, basically, what he was trying to say was he's no longer holding any tutorials. The only thing that happens, happens. So, after that, I had already taught what I, what I had to teach. So, I was already on my way going. And a few days before the exam started, my friend came to meet me on Victor Mecca in 211 and said, Oh, we don't know what's going on now. NLS. So, my friend Victor met me about the NLS and said he didn't know what was happening in the class. And I said, Okay, I'll step in, I'll help with that and then i spoke to other people and they said okay we don't know what's happening with legal method i said okay you know what just come bring your friends as few friends as we like it's going to be a small intimate thing right yeah at the end of the day it was a full classroom because apparently that during that period legal method was actually very fucked up so after the tutorial he messaged me like what was up with that tutorial you had basically i will not give the details of the text but it was a lot of questions asking because it made it seem it seems like I had usurped the role of the vice presidency. Right. And instead of doing the conflict, you know, positive thing, I mean like, oh, don't fuck with me, man. I'm going to kill you. Instead of doing that. Am <laughs> I allowed to swear on this? Yes. Okay. Instead of doing that or being basically problematic, all I just said was, I understand your grievance. However, I didn't hold a tutorial. I held a meeting with some of my friends which is completely different from an official tutorial and I cannot stop doing that because people, it's in the best interest of people. Right. The people want to be able to learn and if I can help them in that way, then I will continue to help them in that way. So I think that's a very neat example of conflicts that occurred and that was resolved. Although you can't say it was resolved amicably because there was not like an amicable resolution that suited both parties, but it was resolved in that there was really no longer an issue because I'd already made it clear what my goal was and the fact that I was going to continue fighting for the people. Right. That's basically, I don't think we have enough time to dwell on that example. All right, moving on. What do you believe makes you uniquely qualified to lead the LSS? Two things. One, my broad lack of experience within the LSS. That's what makes you yes. qualified. Yes, it does. LSS. And to my vision for a better LSS. My lack of experience within the LSS means my experience serving as member of the government of the LSS, quote unquote. The government doesn't see what people need. The government doesn't see shit. All the government sees is, oh, this is what the government wants. The government doesn't really see what's going on. The government doesn't know what it's like to be on the other side of the table. The government only knows what it's like to be on the side they've always been. That's the truth of the matter. Both of the other candidates have always been in the same government in one way or another. I have taken a break from that. After my 200 level stint representing my constituency in the House of, in the legislative house, I took a break from LSS politics and I actually got to see what it was like to be a member of the society and just be a member of the society. So I know what it's like when your wishes aren't being listened to. When there's an event being held that you don't want to hold, when the LSS is holding you over the barrel and forcing you to attend an event that was paid for with your money, when the LSS is not holding events that you know they can hold, still with your money, when things are going wrong and the LSS is not fixing them, and you know there is money there because you paid your dues, everyone paid their dues, 
when the LSS welfare office is asking for donations to stock toilets in a college where everybody pays 7,000 naira, I know what it's like to watch it happen as a student. It's different from watching it happen as um, a member of the administration because the administration always has so many excuses. They were like, oh, they're not going to approve it, but they will approve it. During CJ's time as president, everything was approved. Why? Because they had a president who cared. Once you have a president who cares and who will speak for you, there's nothing that doesn't get approved. We are 1,200 students here. Are you telling me if I, if I go and I tell them, every single one of us needs this thing to be approved? They're going to be like, oh, no, we're not approving it. I mean, unless I'm asking them to give us cocaine or something, I don't see any reason why they would not approve it. It makes no sense. And we have actually seen a history of this happening. When students' interests are thoroughly conveyed to the management, the management does seed. All the management right. will concede. So sorry, I have to cut you in there. Hmm? So you made a very important statement about how you know the government doesn't see what it's like to be a part of the populace. Yes. And how most times they don't really care. Yes. Now you plan to be a part of this yes. government. How sure are we that you won't become the people that you despise? Because I know what it's like to be on the other side. That's the point. But I'm pretty sure they all knew what it was like to be on the did other they, side before they stepped into those positions they, of authority. They were all students at some point, weren't they? They really weren't. Um, after his 100 level, Collins never spent a single semester without being in some form of government office. Neither has Kamsin. Neither has AB. That's the truth of the matter. They've always been in office. They've always been in power. That's the truth of the matter. We should actually just accept that. That's how it is. They don't know what it's like to be on the other side. And I can say I know what it's like. And I can also say I am guaranteed to be ground, grounded. Because I am here with the people every day. No one spends more time in this college than me. Not the cleaners, not Felicia. No one. I am here in the beginning on Sunday morning. And I leave on Sunday nights. Some people actually wonder if I have a hostel. But don't worry, it's because I love this college. So no one spends as much time in school. No one feels the college's problems as thoroughly as I do. No one's phone has died as many times upstairs as mine because the sockets don't work to charge it. No one has felt heat in this college like me because the ACs are not working. That's the truth of the matter. I feel the problems every day. So that means I am uniquely suited to solve the problems because I feel them. I feel the pain. All right. Have you ever had any leadership roles off campus? Yes. Okay. Can you describe this leadership role and why did you commit to it? Why did I commit to it? Very important question, I guess. I am a campus ambassador for Calvary Wise. Okay. Does that count as a leadership role? Yes, it does. Okay. I actually, how I became a campus ambassador was the most random thing ever. Because my sister is a brand ambassador or whatever. And then she messaged me and she was like, oh, would you like to do this? I'm like, oh, that's interesting. What's going on? So I text them and I see, okay, they say, okay, apply here. Apply, you get chosen. I applied, I got chosen. I think there were over 100,000 applicants or whatever. They gave a, a number at the end of the day. But I got chosen. I was one of the people who got chosen. And I think at the end of the day, I was actually one of the few people who actually did get chosen who did still remain with it. Right. Yes, who was still like talking to them. Even though I don't do um, career-wise referrals openly, instead, what I do is I have conversations with people about their finances. And I always ask, oh, how do you save money? Generally, everyone has some way of saving money. I'm not so crazy about career-wise that I'm going to say, oh, no, no, don't piggy vest. You have to use career-wise instead. No. If you don't have a way of saving money, career-wise will step in. I will step in for career-wise. Like, okay, have you considered 
an app that lets you set aside money every time, every month, or every week, or every day, if that's how much money you have. Uh-huh. An app that helps you set aside money, help that, an app that helps you invest that money into certain things. So that's what I do for CurryWise when the time is necessary for me to do it. Why did you commit to it? Why did I commit to it? Because I am passionate about making other people's lives better. Because I actually feel happy when I see other people happy, funny enough. I think it's um, a form of social, what's it called, parasitism. I love being around people that are happy because it makes me happy in return for some reason. So trust me, it's purely selfish. It's selfless, um, selfish selflessness, basically. So if people are actually going through financial difficulties because they are not, sa- they are not saving money, I understand not everyone's privileged enough to actually be able to set aside and save money. Right. But if the reason for their problem is that, oh, at the beginning of the month, that's when the pizza is hungry in me. That's when I want to eat seven pizzas from Kafon. This is actually a true story. Someone actually did eat seven pizzas from Kafon <laughs> every day of the week. It was an impressive expenditure of money and it was very impressive brokenness that came after. So people like that, I'm always well, ready and willing to talk to them and be like, oh, you should actually, you know, do this. And I'm not going to lie, that was also the selfish aspect. Like, oh, Kariwa's ambassador, that's something that's not home to our board. That I can add to my CV, even though I've still not added it to my CV. And All right. Um, have you ever conformed to a policy which with you did not agree? I'm a law student. <laughs> I've conformed to half a dozen policies of which I did not agree. Why? Attending Congress, <laughs> coming to college in white and black, being so unable why, to wear shorts. Why I do conform you to them because they are the rules. Okay, we so obey you're the rules not a rule breaker. That's a different conversation there. Because I, I cannot deny that I've broken quite a few rules in my time in our board and out of our board. But generally, when the rules are something that should actually, uh, what do you call it, that are easy and able to follow, I will follow the rules. Okay. Alright, um, this is actually my last question. Are you serious? But then I will ask you a bonus one. Okay. Lastly, can you provide an example of a successful initiative you have led in the past, if there are any? A successful initiative I have led in the past. Does the Abad Law Clinic count? Yes. Good. As a student administrator of the Abad Law Clinic, we actually had the most successful run in Abad Law Clinic history for students. This is coming off the back of COVID, off the back of an, of a school administration that did not want us outside for any reason, off the back of a grievous lack of funds because we were unable to seek sponsorship. Because school administrator said, "Don't seek sponsorship. Don't do that." Okay. This is off the back of all three of those things, and we still had the most success, successful clinic run ever. They said below, um, above us, like, oh, people are going out. All of you are going out. They were so shocked at it, and we did it. <laughs> we made it happen. Sure, not every event planned held. We, our group was supposed to go see the chief judge. We didn't see the chief judge. Why? Because you just said, see, I'm not seeing you before. I don't have the time for it. But that's fine. We'll see the chief judge this year. That's the fact of the matter. Things that didn't hold, they will hold. Because our law clinic administration is going to be the best. And it is going to be memorable. Because we are actually going to have a real-life impact on people in our equity. We are going to actually show them that Agua is here to help on every step of the way. Thank All you right. so much. Bonus question. Tell us one thing that we don't know about you. That you don't know about me. Okay. Hmm. That the general public doesn't know about you. I mean, it's supposed to be an exclusive interview. What is exclusive about it? Oh, something exclusive. Okay. 
Okay, my newsletter won't count because I post about that. For fact, I write fiction online. Interesting. See, you didn't know that. <laughs> Very few people actually know that. What I, else do you do in your free time? I write fiction, I listen to music, I read books. I'm a very huge reader. I read fan fiction too because I think fan fiction is very, very interesting. It gives you a deeper look into the mind of the an actual author as they are writing. Because books that are produced and published generally go through massive revisions across the table. Fan fiction is just one guy on his laptop. You get to actually see what he wants you to see. Harry Potter, sure, that's J.K. Rowling's vision, but is it really? A good example of this is um, Naruto by Masashi Kishimoto, the manga. I really love anime, by the way. The manga, so... That should appeal to a lot of people. (laughs) I hope it does. One thing that most people don't know is that Sasuke did not exist in the original writing. One of the main characters, like the second main character, did not exist. But then when he got to the studio house, he was like, Oh, well, why don't you add this? And then I was like, oh, okay, this makes sense. We add a rival in here. We do this, we do that. Yeah, sure, Sasuke was a very good, lovely character. And if we had read it as fan film, I've not gotten to see that. But then I also want to be able to see Masashi's initial dream. To be able to see what he actually wanted to convey. And that is basically it. All right. Thank you for being here, I guess. Thank you very much. No, no special questions. Hi guys, it's your girl Ella. Don't forget to listen to Ground the Podcast. Peace.